2: Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with something in common in a fight to the death. To see which one comes out victorious on Monday's episode, we entered cyberspace with Job as our evil guide in The Lawnmower Man, which means today cyberspace enters the real world with the even more evil Sid 6.7, who's running amok as Denzel Washington tries to stop him in 1995's Virtuosity. In this high-tech crime prevention facility, One man has been recruited to play a simulated game. The objective, to hunt down the ultimate virtual reality killer, Sid 6.7. There's only one problem. The computer changed the program. So which film will be permanently unplugged and which will cause a billion phones to ring around the world? We'll know by the end of this show, so let's get it on. It's Clash of the Titles.
0: The
2: Hello, Clash Potters. Do you think it's important for a first baseman to be left-handed? I'm Alex Zane.
1: I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris
2: Tilly. Right then, my choices this week: virtuosity and the Lawn Man, Man Or the Lawn Man, Man versus virtuosity? To do it chronologically, I know it's a little bugbear of yours, Chris, when I say the wrong film in the wrong order. Just get on with it, Alex. All right. I just thought. Just wanted to apologise in case I'd upset you, which I clearly have. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the but tone of your voice. More, more about time wasting. Right. Okay. Even, why are we still going? Well, I was. I, I will stress that I was here on time for Monday's episode, so I'm sort of <laughs> still in credit, uh, where that's concerned. <laughs> Thought I'd drag you into the argument, <laughs> yeah, Victoria.
1: I was say, this has got nothing to do with me, and I also was on time sort of I really was <laughs> nope.
3: why would you text us are we in at 1 till 4 Blondie says yes 1 till 4 so I oh came God. in at 1 <laughs> fuck you let's do it now fuck it let's do it right now it's true you said it's <laughs> 1 till 4 and so everyone I no. thought it was 1.30 so I had to drop everything
1: and what come early so I thought the booking was 1 till 4 because on the do you really want to do this the booking <laughs> is 1 till 4 you you know what you're like you can be very curt sometimes on a text message I yeah, thought you were I... pissed off because I said one thirty.
3: I thought it was one thirty, and you changed it
1: 30 130- he's the earliest I'm able to but arrive. But he said that ages ago <laughs> yeah, and then you, you said
3: one. <laughs> you said one. You moved it half an hour.
2: Right. So I dropped the, why everything. Would you not just... But why would you not say it's 1.30 till 4 in <laughs> well, your message? I
1: forgot. And so oh, there. okay, brilliant.
2: Oh, it on. Come on. You forgot and then you remembered before... Let's, and then Didn't <laughs> <let's laughs> tell anyone. We've got no. a hard out remember, guys. Let's all do right, this right. in the pub. All right, all right, all right. Let's not. Let's, let's <laughs> just call that enough. I think we've done it. Everyone... We're all friends. This is just a misunderstanding. Hi, Clash (laughs) Putters. Hope you're well. We're just dandy in the studio today. Should we do a nice review? The heat (laughs) isn't getting to us at all. Yeah, so it's my choice this week. I wanted to do them because I wanted to do them. And before we get started, it's time for our regular dip
3: into the digital mailbag and a review from Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Angry Chris. Uh, This is from Will Glynn 919, who says, A genuine delight. Uh, Will says, I've been an avid listener of the show for what feels like many, many years now. Whilst I've gained and lost interest in other podcasts over that time, Clash the Titles has consistently been my staple go-to listen and for good reason. Each episode manages to lead somewhere really entertaining, uh, discussions that are almost always informative.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is fair. (laughs) Had he heard this show already?
3: (laughs) That would be Monday and often hilarious. The hosts have fantastic chemistry and I can't overstate how well they all complement each other. I, for one, love the quiz and all the hyper-aggressive competitiveness that it causes. (laughs) Hashtag Team Alex. Mainly because of the Yorkshire connection and that we're both Warhammer fans, though I'm more fantasy than 40k. Five stars. (laughs) I think I'd like to meet this listener. Will Glynn. Will Glynn. Thanks, Will. That's brilliant. We can talk.
2: I mean, we can talk fantasy, but yeah, we can talk 40k as well. Next time we do a live show, Will,
3: you have to come. Also, I just got a message from Producer Blondine who says um, there is a Listener's Choice Award coming up supported by Acast, uh, chosen by the listeners. And so I've got to ask you to vote for us, please. Um, and I've got to send you all to BritishPodcastAwards.com. That's BritishPodcastAwards.com. I haven't looked at it myself. Mm. I'm just reading out what I've been sent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be anything.
1: You're undercutting it.
2: <laughs> if this is your first episode listening to us, Not every episode starts with such aggressiveness in the room. I
3: thought we were leaving it. We have left it.
2: I was just... You're getting me annoyed now. No, I thought that was a full stop. That is a full stop. Hey, why don't we just crack on? So on Monday, Chris did the garden, which means today Vicky is creating her symphony of screams with virtuosity. (laughs) V, please take us on a journey.
1: A virtual, sadistic, intelligent, dangerous amalgam of serial killers is made real because Randy lab assistants are idiots and is free to go on a copycatting killing spree where a spree is just one thing. Sid is then distracted by fame and resolves to become famous by licking a girl's cheek at a fight. Only one man can stop this man and that man is Parker Barnes who outsmarted one of the hundreds of men contained within Sid through the skill and cunning of shooting him in the face whilst not being dead. Just before we run out of plot, Parker is in prison for a crime he didn't commit shooting Sid's hostage which sexy something doctor lady Madison Carter does point out but no one believes her because she's just a sexy something doctor lady but then a guy has a look at the corpse and confirms that no of course Parker didn't shoot a woman in cold blood because she was an innocent and not a TV presenter because he hates those anyway Madison's got a daughter, which is great because she exists just to be kidnapped by Sid, who is then trashed by Parker and put back into VR and doesn't even notice, which is embarrassing for a genius. Then, Sexy Something Doctor Lady isn't even allowed to save her own daughter, she has to get a man to do it. Then, Parker takes the crystal he's earned from the physical challenge in the futuristic zone and lobs it off the building. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Crystal Maze reference. Thanks, yeah. Mm.
1: Uh, When did you first see this film? I'll ask you, Alex. I've
2: watched it once before, but only about 10 years or so ago, and I remember thinking, man, this is a movie I'd like to talk about on a podcast one day in the future, (laughs) and lo, that day has arrived. Well,
1: it's funny you should say that, because guess when I saw it? This week. No! Oh, you Um, went to the cinema with Chris in happier times. In happier times, (laughs) before all this shit got in the way, when we were becoming friends, I guess?
3: Friday, the 19th of April, 2019.
1: Oh, bless you. <laughs> I didn't even have to look it up.
3: I knew it. It's there. It your life changed forever. So this was between us, me meeting you in January yeah. and then us launching the podcast in July. This is probably around the time we were doing that different iteration of the podcast. We're about to start doing yeah, that one. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, and... Yes, I, it was actually supposed to be the three of us going. I yeah. bought tickets for all three of us, yes. but as I've gotten used to yeah. in the intervening years, Alex will say yes. You'll yeah. get him a ticket. You'll invite him somewhere. he will say yes, and then he won't show. That's because
1: me. we met, and you were like, "I can't believe Alex isn't coming." I was like, "Really?" Mm. <laughs> was like, you'll he get will there. do that.
3: He's such <laughs> <Yeah>. a dick. <laughs> you'll
2: get there. And you know that part of that part of me. If he was here, I, I would be <laughs> having a go at him. But it's it's good me today. So oh,
1: I don't think you're a dick for doing that. I've just accepted it. It's like just I said, you it, it's not
2: me. It was the other part of me, oh, the other okay. Alex. Yeah, fair enough. I'm I'm like Sid 6.7. Sure you are. There's loads <laughs> of different me's in here. You just got a bad one that
3: day. And actually, this was probably going to fit into the other podcast that we were doing as much as this one. But I knew we'd talk about this film at some time. Knew you guys hadn't seen it and thought it'll be fun for the three of us to go see it. And it was on at the BFI. It's a strange film to have screening at the BFI.
1: Yeah. I think I'd I mean, I loved it then. I loved it this week. It's just a, it's such a good snapshot of 1995 and what we thought about the internet, and what we thought about tech. In a way that is as entertaining... well, maybe even more entertaining. Llama Man, Llama Man is obviously groundbreaking, but this is like we're gonna do a fun version of how evil. <laughs>
2: it was it a crazy be. year, wasn't it? 1995. For <clears> <throat> movies like this, it was basically like Hollywood had just gone. Um, there Guess is what? this, there's this new <laughs> yeah. thing, virtual reality, and we can't get left behind. Yeah. So any script that you've got about virtual reality, we are greenlighting it immediately. Yeah. The net, go.
3: Yes. <laughs> Johnny <laughs> Mnemonic, go. <laughs> Virtuosity, go.
1: And then listen to what, A Disclosure
3: had been the year before. Yeah. I really want to do Disclosure when we figure out what to do that with. I,
1: th- I thought we had... No, I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, me too.
3: The internet is a bunch of cabinets in that. Yes. <laughs> Incredible.
1: Yeah, it's so good. But then that's why I know so much about floppy disks, because of the nets, because floppy is so important. Yeah. <laughs> Not net. enough to win
3: the quiz, but
2: yeah, you do
1: know <laughs> But then again, that's why the crystal thing is daft in this film, but we didn't have the concept... You know, Independence Day, you know, you've got to stick a needle in a spaceship to move information, to move a virus, and in this it's a crystal, because we could not conceptualise the movement of information.
2: Yeah, but also, I mean, he isn't... Once he comes into the real world, he is like, I don't know, some sort of cyborg Terminator-esque thing. Mm. He's not... At that point, I'm like, fuck, it, it's a crystal, because we don't have an equivalent now, do we?
1: Of, a, of Russell Crowe? Of a sort
2: of... Of making a virtual reality character, like, have a physical presence in the real world.
1: No, we don't, do we? No.
2: I mean, unless you go for all those weird Japanese child bots we talk about every week, it seems. You, you talk, talk about, about
1: them. Yeah, that's 100%. <laughs> that was stereo. <laughs> we rarely agree that quickly, but there you go.
3: We just want to stop
2: talking about them <laughs> when
1: they come up. I don't even know where they are. Okay, so anyway, let's do some background to this I, film. Shall I, I, we? I would
3: just say the first time I saw it was when it came out.
1: Oh, is it? Back yeah, I watched it
3: when it came out. Yeah, or it might have been on video, but I remember the excitement was about the actor. It was like there's a new guy in town this is Australia's greatest ever actor already. Yeah. He's going to be their De Niro, their Pacino, their Jimmy Kahn. Um, and this was launching him yeah. opposite one of the biggest movie stars in the world. And he was going toe to toe with Denzel. And it was such, there was such a fanfare around it that it was exciting to see the dude from Rumpus Stomper making his Hollywood debut. And yeah. then, of course, it was roundly mocked by everyone. Yeah. Let's, let's wait a couple of years. L.A. Confidential. It's not far away, Russell. I People know. will have forgotten by now. Mm. Um. And also, but with the connection section, the one we forgot because it's the one I didn't realise when I pitched these two films, they got the same director. Oh yeah.
1: Did you not mention that when I wasn't even in the room? I didn't mention uh, it out of embarrassment. Uh,
3: we were it quite, like hindsight 2020. Yeah, we it were was I'm show
1: you my notes. We were quite
3: flustered by the lack of you, so.
1: <laughs> but you went ahead anyway, so that's nice we're, we're against the clock. We, we
3: phoned you. <laughs> we didn't think, uh, <laughs> we didn't want to start. <laughs> Charlie suggested we, we start.
1: Are, are you we,
2: fucking kidding? We, we were so obsessed as well to whether we could do it. We didn't Sorry, stop and what? think just one
1: second is that true yeah
2: Charlie wanted to go no. <laughs> hey Charlie but he just we were too scared to message you so he messaged you how is it under that bus uh, <laughs> <that is no. laughs>
1: alright I'm just going to try and be professional and forget that this has happened and talk about the film okay ready mm. the background to the film not the actual film sorry I've undercut myself alright so anyway so after Lawnmower and Man oh so Brett Leonard did another film in between these which I didn't know and I haven't seen called Hideaway have you seen it I'd never even heard no. of it it's got Jeff Goldblum in it so there we go um, but out of that, Paramount want him to develop and direct Virtuosity. The script, we've got a script by Eric Byrne, but uh, Brett Leonard is there to develop the script as well, So, which is important because Den, once Denzel gets involved, that all gets very uh, tricky. Um, so at this very early stage, Michael Douglas is going to be in it. He's going to be Parker Barnes, but he hurt his knee, so he couldn't do it. And then the producers ask Brett Leonard, <clears throat> excuse me, to get Denzel. That's what, who That's who they want. So he said... Goddamn,
2: Brett <laughs> Leonard is in my house. Yep. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> is, that, is that the genius, Brett Leonard? <laughs> Man, you beat Jimmy Cameron to virtual reality. Stephen King loved your fucking movie.
1: <laughs> so Brett Leonard said he went on the set of Crimson Tide and he said, I literally had to hypnotise Denzel to get him in this movie because... He was trying to describe VR to him. Maybe Denzel hadn't seen Little Mo Man, who knows? But he said, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I think my son would love it, so yes. (laughs) So, yeah, that's there we are. So then I read an interview. So Kelly Lynch plays...
2: Someone has to ask David John Washington that question next time you interview him.
1: (laughs) So apparently you're the reason that virtuosity exists. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kelly Lynch, he plays... I think she's called Madison Carter. She's called Madison anyway. I read an interview with her that she said... Parker Barnes was written for Mel Gibson. But I didn't read that anywhere else, but there we are. Let's just have that out there. Because she gives this very candid interview about her experience on virtuosity. So when her character and the Parker Barnes character were initially written, there, there was meant to be a romantic relationship between the two of them. Which I but, don't
2: understand, because I, I, I saw that as well. And you're like, but his his whole thing is that like he's mourning the death of his wife and child. Yeah, that's and there's still that's still very much his identity is totally... In terms of, I want revenge, I miss my wife and child. I'm just angry about this. He flashes back yeah. to what happened when he tried to rescue them. So it just seems unlikely that with that going on, he's simultaneously going to be like, hey. Yeah, it's true.
1: But then, they, you know, the wife and child are kind of fridged. Like, the flashbacks are only about their death. I don't remember a flashback where you see them being a happy family unit. So, so to me, I was like, you have trauma over the way that they died because you feel culpable. I'm not getting the sense that you miss them, you, as in... You're not ready for another romantic relationship.
3: I think also in that version, she had something to do. Yeah, Because in this version, she does not. She's a psychologist, is she?
2: She's I've a criminal, got no idea. Criminal she's... psychologist. She actually yeah. she's a criminal <clears throat> psychologist, but her, her job is completely, uh, like, I, I really do not understand. There's one point where she's in a room with the other police Yeah, and she has been invited into that room and she says, let me tag along with Parker Barnes. Or I could just go public with mm, this.
1: What does that? Yeah, it's going to
2: be a PR nightmare for you.
1: <laughs> how How are you in that
3: room that you could be the person who could go? Yeah. I'm going to tell everyone what you just said. Why is she in here? Whereas, yeah. according to her in that original script, she was a computer forensics expert, right? Which would tie into what we're
2: watching. <laughs> yeah, because all she ever has to do in this movie is at one point where Sid is actually on camera, being like really loving being on camera. She goes, "I think he loves being on camera," mm.
3: <laughs> and you're like. Glad you're here. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for coming.
1: Four years of university. I thought he was shy. (laughs) Uh, So, for Sid, the baddie, Brett Leonard meets uh, Robert Downey Jr., but in Brett Leonard's words, he was not in good shape. Mm. So, then he sees Romper Stumper. So, uh, which um, that was my first Russell Crowe experience, was watching Romper Stumper. I had this really brilliant media studies teacher in Blackburn College who just let us watch and made us watch, actually, inappropriate stuff for a class of 16 year olds. Primarily exorcist, constantly, but Romper Stomper also. That's cool. It was good. That's yeah. amazing. He was a really good teacher. Because our
2: French teachers took us to see The Color of Night.
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs>
2: that is inappropriate. <laughs> I think those are those are quite yeah. educational films oh you're watching Yeah. Romper Stomper is. But it? did you get to see Bruce Willis's penis in French?
1: No, I did not. Well,
2: Missed out. <sighs> but another, this is the thing. Another another I, we, I just thought of that.
1: Mm. We're being shown Romper Stomper. It, it's like ninety. Yeah, so like ninety nine, but. Yeah, I don't know. He was like, "This is what you know. Watch. This is where you. Obviously, the film is amazing, but it's like you can see a star is born kind of thing." Um, He show you that as well. (laughs) No, that wouldn't have been his sort of thing. (laughs) Brett Leonard loved. Russell Crowe in Romper Stomper. He says, this guy, he rapes his girlfriend, assaults Vietnamese immigrants, but you love him. Who the fuck is this guy? I don't remember <laughs> loving <Leonard>! I <laughs> Who the
2: fuck is this guy? Huh? Son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. rape someone, but man, he's going to be in my movie. That's
1: the thing. I don't remember loving Russell Crowe in Romper Stomper. I remember being quite scared, but whatever floats your boat, I guess. So we've got all our cast, but then when it comes to rehearsals, uh, Denzel takes, it took in Kelly Lynch's words, control of the script. He felt that there was no one sort of... Um, she, Her words are Brett Leonard had maybe a couple of movies under his belt and maybe wasn't as experienced as you might need when you were with Denzel, basically. Even though Brett Leonard had said it was an honor to work with Denzel Washington, Kelly Lynch's interview would suggest that maybe he was a little bit um, overshadowed by Denzel Washington when it came to uh, redoing the script. So Kelly Lynch says he took a lot of her dialogue and gave it to himself. <laughs> um, and like you say, removed the idea that she was this sort of forensics expert and she becomes a, a woman in peril. Um, And just has a daughter primarily so that the daughter can be kidnapped, which she didn't enjoy very much. Um, But yeah, so then on a budget of 30 million, it only makes 37. So that's kind of the end of like the big Hollywood movie uh, track for Brett Leonard, although he's done a lot of like fun IMAX stuff. And he did a film called Feed, which is about force feeding people to death, which I haven't seen. Uh, Looks quite cheap, whatever. And he's now the co founder of a company called Virtual Psychedelics, which, in their words, according to LinkedIn, Optimizes the use of virtual experience with a capital X, which is cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I, it's now, I don't cool. know
2: what it does. Doesn't matter. Sold. Take my money, Brett. <laughs> Goddamn guy invented yeah. VR
1: in concert with psychedelic therapy to heal the human spirit, which I think is lights and drugs. But fine, I think that I believe that works. Best way to take drugs:
2: surrounded by glowing lights.
1: Yeah, and just talking about your feelings. Mm. Yeah, get yourself in one
2: of those immersive tubes as well. You know, ones where you float in water. In I've pitch heard, black, and then they th- they project lights onto the roof of the the, oh, the it, coffin. That that's what in. I mean.
1: I've I've heard it's fantastic. Yeah. I'm terrified because just my I don't because think. because the could Simpsons
2: re- episode where <laughs> Homer ends up at sea because he gets trapped in one and it falls down a cliff.
1: No, but but sort of yeah <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah it's in that paradigm certainly. Um, okay, so would you not do it then? I don't think I could. I, if, if I don't know, I would be so. I found it really hard to relax because I'd be so scared of getting stuck in there. But I, if I, I did, it's one of those things. I bet when I did it and I got over that fear, I bet I loved it. But I would find it hard to do first time. It's,
2: I tell you what, it's it's about trusting other people, not yeah, to not to, to fuck s- off. Some psychopath to go. I'm going to lock her in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm more than happy to go to a disco and take some drugs and talk about my feelings. Yeah, okay.
2: I don't need to be in water. I guess you could do the coffin thing, the coffin, <clears throat> the water coffin. If in you the toilet. I mean, it would be a shit day out for Chris or I to just stand there and make sure no one locks you in. Oh, that's We'd true. be doing the locking.
1: That's what I mean. So that now we can't do that. So if you've got me that as a group on for my birthday, I don't want it.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a, it was a voucher, but <laughs> that's what yeah.
1: I mean.
2: Woucher. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: All right, that's enough of that. Just looking for sponsors. Carry on. <laughs> Shall we talk about the film?
3: Yeah, I just have one credit I noticed. I always like to check the credits just in case. Um, do you know who provides special voice effects in this film, Alex?
1: Well, Point for me. Point for me. So now we're drawn. Okay.
3: It's a draw. <laughs> have to say the word quiz.
2: That's the safe word. Our safe word is quiz.
1: That's the real quiz. That's the real quiz. <laughs> the real quiz. <laughs> no, it's not the
2: real quiz. That's, That's the real quiz. quiz. <laughs> How is that a real quiz? Perfect use.
1: Thanks, Chris. All right.
2: All right. Quiz. What song does this movie <laughs> open with?
1: I don't know. Wait. Peter Gabriel's Party Man.
2: That's so close. It's (laughs) Black Grape, a big day in the north. So, no. (laughs) Quit, that was the quit, that was the meal quiz.
1: <laughs> that was the meal quiz.
2: I get a point, I win. Look
1: how saying you are. <laughs> Look how, imagine if we'd started without you, imagine how fucked up you'd be. <laughs> I'd be fine with it. You, you the, fucking wouldn't.
3: <laughs> I would have wanted you to start without me if I was that.
1: Late.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's why, that's another reason we started. Charlie told us to, <laughs> and Chris was like, I'd want you Charlie to. Charlie didn't stop. tell us to, Charlie didn't tell us to, yeah. Charlie didn't tell us to. Anyway, what a weird song to start this movie with!
1: It's really—it's a brilliant. We all know it, but I wondered: did it play brilliantly in the US? Like, I don't. Get I don't know, it.
2: but a big day in the north. Welcome yeah. to virtuosity. <laughs>
1: what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what is, what is, but what and are, also because it's such annoying, a big, big day, day north, in the like, north,
2: <laughs> you know. Like, and sci-fi action go. I suppose
1: maybe he'd just been to a Bretland, just been to a rave, and on the fringes of Manchester at the time. I was like, that song is wicked. It's, it's going in my film.
3: Speaking of music, have you seen the video for "The Photograph Kills" by Thirty Odd Foot of Grunts?
1: I have not. <laughs> uh,
3: That's Crow's Russell Crowe's band. He shot the video on the set of this film, just be- in between. So you can see like, when there's a, there's a scene on, on, a, on a sort of highway and there's fire all around. And he's clearly just said to them, quickly get me. And he's sort walking around all moody, singing the song. Amazing. It is embarrassing. I will be posting it to our Twitter.
1: I love Russell Crowe. <laughs> just do you do.
3: love Russell Crowe in this? I do. Oh,
1: oh a lot. Oh, a interesting. Lot, a lot. Yeah.
2: Interesting. Why not? He's bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He is, he is taking his shot and I respect it. <laughs> I do. But he's taken it badly. <laughs> I think as well, you know, you've got L.A. Confidential in your head all the time, which yeah. isn't fair. If you're watching this when it first came out, I can't imagine what you must have thought of it, Chris. If you're seeing uh, yeah, it, yeah, I thought.
3: I mean, he'd also done The Quick and the Dead this year, yeah. right? And he's very good in that. It's a, it's a really great film. One another film that we've got to do at some point. But yeah, I, I, um, my feeling when I watched this in uh, 1995 was that um, the film was terrible and he was terrible, right? We'll get to whether I've changed my mind.
2: <clears throat> it's just it's the it's the Tommy Lee Jones in Batman Forever School of Villainy, sure. where you just basically laugh manically yeah. a lot and then grin that insane grin. And that's enough. And you're right, he has taken his shot and he's look gone. This is a big role, opposite Denzel, but it's too much. He's too he's acting too much. He's yeah. like, I'm gonna bring everything. Don't don't bring everything, just bring something good.
1: It is tricky because he's supposed to be an amalgam of different personalities, but he's got very much his own personality. Oh, yeah. So it, that, it, it, that's false from the start. Yeah. And he does have that little tickly laugh thing that makes him it's so annoying. There is the minute,
2: and it is literally about a minute into this film, I went, well, this is going to be bad. And it's when he licks the fly off his cheek with his elongated tongue. <laughs> or oh, the bit of food, sorry. He's got a bit of cake or something on his cheek. He goes, <laughs> and his face, and you're like, well, this is already going to... I don't foresee a way back for you for the next 90 minutes. What about
1: when he becomes John Travolta? So...
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. The bit where he becomes John Travolta. It's so
1: good. Okay. Are going to talk about the film now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we have started, but uh, let's, let's start from the beginning. Let's
2: just rewind one second. I agree. Walking down a street to staying alive yep. is great. Yep. And it's great because... It's from Saturday Night Fever sure. and you can never escape that. <laughs> no. Even Russell Crowe can't escape it. My problem with that is he has stolen that suit about three scenes earlier yeah. and he never puts it on until he cuts that scene. So for an action sequence, there is the villain running around shooting at Denzel Washington while carrying a suit <laughs> yeah. in his hand. That is the worst thing I've ever seen a villain do. <laughs> He's like, I better, better remember my suit. Oh, yeah. Gonna put that on later. Bang, bang, it. bang. Got my suit, though. Don't shoot the suit.
1: It's just, yeah, I need it for walking through the market later. <laughs> <This is so> <laughs> <creepy>. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Yeah. All right. So we will meet Parker Barnes and his buddy Donovan. So this is it's didn't work for me for the first time I saw it when I was with Chris Tilly at the BFI because you don't know it. and there are so many script problems and editing problems and directing problems with the film like this, which is it's cool if you know it, but Donovan says, I can't believe how different we look and then you're like, Oh, okay, you think nothing of it because you're just like, Oh, Denzel says, Oh, it's the uniforms or whatever. Hmm. Then you get that little reverse where it's like, Oh, they're prisoners. So it's like it's more rewarding second time round when you can when you're sort of watching out for the clues like that.
2: Sure. Is it also quite bad that your hero in his opening scene is dressed like a Lego figure or the policeman from Allo Allo, like a gendarme <laughs> from the 1980s? Yeah, but
1: that's what gendarmes look like. And if you look at Demolition Man, look yeah. at that. Yeah. Like I That's what think, people Yeah, think. more like that.
3: It's bright purple. There's no bright purple it's in Allo Allo. The, it's that little
2: cat collar. Though. It's yeah. the
3: shape of the
1: hat. Napoleonic buttons, high collar, tiny hats.
2: But you're right. I, th- this movie more than once reminded me of Demolition Man.
1: I don't yes. think it's an accident. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I love the fact that the VR world is totally perfect, which is important later. It's perfect, apart from people are eating, and then the food just goes gets <laughs> sucked into their mouth. Why is it a glitch in the Matrix? Why not perfect the bit of the algorithm that makes food look realistic? Cur- a curious decision.
3: Because what's Because the then we wouldn't think, oh, is this virtual reality?
1: That's true. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Exactly. They're trying to give us little clues by by by, by those glitches, aren't aren't they?
1: Yeah.
2: And Lindenmeyer Meyer has been more obsessed with cramming as many maniacs into one simulation <laughs> as possible. Isn't time to consider how people <laughs> eat in a Japanese restaurant so the sushi doesn't go in their mouths? He's got a billion murderers in him. Why you, what could go wrong? Why I'm he... a good scientist. Do you check? Did you check my CV? I literally wrote love murder,
3: love dictators on my CV, and I got the job anyway.
1: Yeah. He's not the right man for the job. I'll give you that. His eyes but you did say earlier
3: he's got a purple suit. I think it's a green suit, isn't it?
1: Later in the market, it's yeah. purple. And oh, okay. here it's green. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. And there's purple leather on Denzel here. Yes, I love the colours in this film. Yeah,
2: yeah. I like, I like his weird glowing sort of. An aquamarine, would you call it when he's rebuilding himself? Oh, the glass thing, yeah. Mm.
1: It is an aquamarine yep. and it is a lovely colour. Mm. Okay, good. So in this VR simulation training exercise, Sid Love <laughs> just... the
2: colours in this film. That's just a very interesting thing to say, Chris.
1: Love the colours in the movie. That's mm. So Sid beats them and then we're back to reality. And then mm. this is like you're gonna meet Denzel properly, and he is this tortured soul, some brilliant dialogue. In this, from uh, your hard-ass, uh, William Forsyth as Cochrane, pull yourself together, you're going to pull yourself down. No one says that. No one says it, and you're already in prison. Yep. So w- where is down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And, and, and also, never prefix something like that, which is a dick thing to say to anyone after their kid and wife are dead. Yeah. Advice as a friend. Well, you're already a cunt. Uh, <laughs> if I ever said to you, Chris... Advice as a friend, <laughs> pull yourself together or you're going to pull yourself down. <laughs> Maybe drag yourself down, but just because you've said the word pull once, don't say it again in the same sentence. You can't pull
1: down, no. can you? Exactly. I don't think you can, but it's brilliant. Whatever, who cares? I'm like, God damn right. <laughs> yeah, just, Watch out, Denzel, because also... Advice
2: from a friend.
1: Um, Then we get... So Denzel's got to go back to prison and for some reason today, he's now got to fight a Nazi in a death match. If you don't know what this film is about, because the poster is like the reality needs a new pr- justice needs a new program, whatever you're watching a film where it's like, oh no, Denzel Washington is probably in prison and for a crime he didn't commit because you're not sure, and now he's got to face a face of racism. My God, what what is this film about? Is it about virtual reality?
2: It's so funny that so many of the articles I read miss understand why denzel washington is in prison like a lot of the articles say he's in prison for killing matthew grimes yeah and you're like because people it's a str- it happens so quickly and it's a struggle to believe that he is he guns down a news crew yes and he doesn't turn fast enough and think there is enough time when he spins around that he you do go i think you saw they were a news crew yeah he
1: liked it yeah. but he's never picked up <laughs> And it's such an interesting character development that he it's did great. do it on purpose. And it wasn't cold blood because everything was happening very quickly. Hot blood, whatever. But he does murder innocent people. Yes. That's what he's in prison for. Which yeah. is
2: fascinating. As, as your hero, yeah. it's a fascinating thing.
1: I think maybe they were scared of it, so they just leave it there kind of thing. You don't find out until about like, an hour and a half in, yeah. practically. Anyway, um, so we've got a mad scientist, like you say, Linda Meyer, who is talking to Sid. Sid is in VR. Sid straight up tells him, I quite fancy killing for real. I mm. will not be shut down. God. Can, can we turn this off? Can we turn this thing off, please? Like, I'm just going to switch it off. Um, it makes Sid it seem clever, which it turns out he's not as well, which is a bit of a problem. Because to say to your creator, I will not be turned mm. off, makes you seem like an all sort of powerful genius. Yep. So the li- I, I don't mind the trick later, but it, it you know he's clearly not a genius.
2: So I, I'm a bit confused by Lyndon Meyer. I don't know. I, I don't understand... Has he built Sid to be evil? Like, is, is my uh, insane? Because he helps him escape,
3: uh, no doubt I, about that. I don't yes. think and then he's built he immediately... him to be evil. I just think he's fallen in love with his creation. Right. And then he's fallen under his cult, his spell. Because I guess if you've got all these psychopaths, but people like, is Hitler one of them? I got very confused.
1: Let's talk about this. It's mm. jumping ahead ever so slightly, but you've started that, so that's fine. I won't get in trouble. When we went to see it at the cinema, at the scene where Madison mm. and... Parker are flicking through the computer to see all the different personalities that are within Sid. John Wayne Gacy, uh, Charles Manson, all the rest think of it. I Dennis
3: Nielsen's in there. Dennis
1: Stalin, mm. We saw Stalin and Hitler and they're not in this version that I saw on Amazon in the week. Stalin and Hitler were 100% in the mix.
2: Okay. And
1: then I watched an interview with Russell Crowe who also mentions Hitler. So I'm not making it up, but it, I didn't see it on the screen because I was looking forward to seeing it in a weird way because wow. it's such a big swing, isn't it? Like there's a bit of Hitler in you. But, um, but, but, for,
3: but, but obviously um, Hitler was very persuasive and Manson's a big part of this. And I just feel like it's almost like he's a cult leader and he's completely indoctrinated Linda Meyer now. But what, I think it's just a weird thing. If if you know that you've created something, so it's all your work, so you're
2: looking at something, a programme basically, that you created, that you put all these other personalities into, I don't know if that you could ever sort of escape the idea that you are just my creation like, yeah. and, and become indoctrinated by... Something that you built. It's Mm. like if my,
3: you know,
1: child. (laughs) What are you going to say? Well, you can't
3: understand how that could happen. Yeah, it's because he's got the personality of Charles Manson, Adolf Hitler, and all these people who did indoctrinate a lot of people to do terrible things.
2: But no one built, no one, no one built them. So their followers weren't. If one of their followers had gone, but I created you, Mm. and then I've become indoctrinated by you. I just think it's quite a weird thing. For, I suppose, a genius, the only guy on the planet (laughs) who is doing this. And also, at what point is it a necessity? I don't think the film ever tells us why he's built a mass murdering computer program. I believe it's a
1: training exercise. Mm. It's to make the cops as effective as they can be in hunting down killers because you've got the ultimate killer but within the safety of VR.
2: Again... I think if you have got a good business proposition, it's Sheila 3.2 or or (laughs) whatever. This is like everything. It's like we were talking about Betamax and VHS.
3: The porn industry is going to be the industry
2: that props up your technology.
3: This is is effectively the military and um, you're talking about the porn industry. This is what's happened. I'm talking about Lyndon Meyer not being a good businessman.
1: (laughs) True. But he's crazy. He hasn't got time.
2: (laughs) He built sex chess yeah
1: sexy chess yeah Yeah. he must must,
2: i don't think he built sheila 3.2 as a an exercise in just you know he must have known that's she is the money bot (laughs) right crow is not she is that's where his millions lie he can build a billion crows
1: (laughs) Uh, we will talk more about sheila after a short break So, because technology still is, and always was about sex, some doofus man is like, <laughs> oh, okay then, I will allow you to use my glass snake technology. I mean, there's a lot going
2: on in this building. Yeah. He's in a public space. <sighs> Granted, he, he doesn't know that Lyndon Meyer is coming up behind him, but he is having a cheeky pocket wank.
1: <laughs> he is as well! He's... Oh my God, I'm just, I just blocked it out, but he does... Just put his hand in his pocket.
2: He, he's more than just put his hand in his pocket. He's massaging <laughs> the area. His that he, snake.
1: His yeah. glass snake. Yeah,
2: he's cut hole in that pocket and he's having a ball. <laughs> having a ball. <laughs> having, a <laughs> having a ball. Having a length. <laughs> having a A length. Having a ball.
1: A ball? Yeah. Oh, a, bo- a bollock. Oh, right. I, it, no. works, it
2: works two ways. Oh. Double meaning. <laughs> he's having a great time. Oh, he's
1: having a great time. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. 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 I thought you meant B-A-W-L, like crying, I guess. I don't know. When has
2: that been an expression? That's why I made
1: that face. I've never heard it before.
2: You've never heard the expression, he's having a ball.
1: Well, yeah, B-A-L-L. I can't spell everything out when I say it on the show. Maybe you should. All right, anyway. So this idiot enables Sid to become real because he thought he might shag a sex doll, he doesn't. I mean, what was he going to do? Was he going to say to Lindenmeyer, can Thank, you leave? Yeah, it's like, I think...
2: I don't know. Maybe it's a shame that I have, but I certainly... Oh, I, no. I would never be comfortable sort of going, so the sex bot's arrived, and I'm now going to have sex with it, but I mean, it's you're, you're here and you know what I'm going to do? It's
1: like yeah I, there's no way not for me personally I'm reading this book that's set in the 1500s and it's a group of men and so we're following this group of men and they visit brothels all the time and they are serviced by the sex workers in the brothels as a group as a unit and that is normal it's like going to the pub right. no one says oh actually I feel a bit weird about it they they are talking they are making battle strategy in a brothel like
3: Calyx's stag do mm. <laughs>
1: So, it was, hang on, uh, back, whoa, rewind, whoa, it, was, it was
3: 1500s themed, so yeah. it was of at the, the time, time <laughs> and Mark didn't join in in that bit, no, so don't worry he? about that,
1: no, it was
2: everyone else. He Let filmed it, it I with I
3: a 1500s camera.
1: I think he should, I mean, good for him, you know, maybe he should have joined in, I don't no, know. No, he was scared.
2: <laughs> so it's, it's the bottom line of what you're saying, things were better in the 1500s. Not
1: better, I'm just saying that maybe we've got a, a weird sort of pocket of time where we, we would feel a little bit embarrassed, but people haven't always felt mean, Shame, oh, we shouldn't have any shame about that. You've just
3: established that he had a cheeky. Wank in front of, but he didn't people. know some,
1: he, he thought he was alone, yeah. I think. right? Okay, yeah. yeah, anyway.
3: I mean, I wasn't expecting there to be an alien egg. In Why would an the android room?
1: need to come out of an egg? doesn't need to come out of an egg, does it? That's still well, necessary. Synthet-
3: it's an organism. It's a synthetic
1: organism. It should come organism. out of a tank. Have they never seen any other film? I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, they literally just went, yeah. we're going to pluck yeah. Alien from there. Yeah. They they have seen a lot of other films.
1: <laughs> but a- I like Alien. the fact
3: that we nearly saw Denzel's penis and we nearly see Russell's penis We here. do. He's There's got, a lot of very near cock action. Yeah,
1: he's not ashamed at all. So the snake eats glass, okay? And so these things, androids, they can replicate, heal if they are near glass. Because, because what? So I've seen this film twice. Did I miss someone saying the thing about glasses? There's a thing, a compound, and whatever. I don't know why it's glass.
2: No, all you need to know is nanotechnology.
1: Yeah, but. I, End scene. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Nano death. Yeah. Okay, cool.
3: <laughs> did you notice what Russell Crowe said when he licked his own blood?
1: He said a good year.
3: Which is the name of a film he yeah, did, which true. was a disaster. Another
0: disaster.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, all right, so the only man who can hunt down Sid is Parker who did kill one of the personalities. Um, so it's like you said, Madison, she can't be a cop because we don't like women in films like this to be getting their hands dirty. So she has to be like a head doctor instead. She insists on going with him, but I no idea why. Like, for
3: PR. Oh, OK. Yeah, she says she wants to go on the mission no. for PR. Well, no, I, yeah, she wants...
2: Isn't she writing a book, though, and it'll help her book? It's a self-serving reason why she goes with him.
1: OK. And at this point, another one of these things that I'll talk about, which is unnecessary sort of Story elements and script elements that don't get picked up or go the wrong direction. He gets you know his do or die tag in his brain, um, which you think would be a massive big deal, but he doesn't find out about it for ages. And when he does find out about it, Cochrane smashes up a monitor, which means this tag doesn't work anymore. Within
2: ten minutes, it makes no sense. Yeah, it comes and goes. That what's moment. the
1: point of it? Like, why do it to him if if he doesn't know? <laughs> then, then why have you done it? Like, it won't make him do his mission any better.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're right. There are some gaping holes in the script. However. It is a good script, and do you know why? And you'll love this. His name is Parker, mm-hmm. and he wears a Parker.
1: Perfect. In yeah. a
3: lot of scenes.
1: Yeah, I do like that. One. Yeah. <laughs> and
3: you know when he's a maverick and he doesn't wait for the warrant, he just smashes oh, yeah. into the lim- uh, That is when Hitler gets mentioned, by the way. He says, oh, Hitler, Manson, Gacy, because I've written it down. So I must oh, have said it. Okay. When he's talking about the genetic algorithms and the fact there's 200 personalities, yep. a battle raging inside him, including Matthew Grimes that so so, yeah, yeah, does get
2: mentioned. This there. is Lindenmeyer's house because we never see Lindenmeyer hot-foot it out of there when he knows the cops are coming. So there are a couple of scenes where you cut to him and he's like in this scrotty little flat under a duvet yeah. going, oh, you've got no idea who <laughs> you're dealing with. And he's yeah. like, it's, it's Pierce Brosnan. He's talking to no one. Yes. He's just talking to himself. He is talking to no one. I hadn't thought of
1: that. So... The reason that Madison and Parker go to Linda Mike's house is because Sid is copycatting. Any copycat's one of the Manson murders, and then you think, oh, this is going to be the film. He's going to copycat his way through the mm. plot. No, he doesn't do that. A bit
2: like the film copycat. But
1: exactly like the film copycat. There is another film, <laughs> another film in here, but um, it, he goes clubbing instead. So it's like, okay, now when you see it the second time around, you know what's coming. So it does make it worth it. But first time, you're like, we're in Act Two. We our Act One turn is that Sid is on the loose and he's a murderer. But now he's gone clubbing.
3: Are you saying you don't like the fact when you're watching it for the first time that he's gone to a club I and bet. he's creating a scream symphony?
1: I enjoyed it enormously. Uh, <laughs> with, tra- tra-
3: with Tracy Lord <laughs>
2: singing in the background. <laughs> yeah, It's such a 90s club. It's when, like, very few films in the 90s. Blade is actually one of the films that did a, a club scene so well at the yeah. start. And this, it's just like... No club anywhere that is surviving with the rent you probably have to pay (laughs) with that few people in it. Because this is midway through the night. And no
1: security, by the way. And no one else has got a gun, which they could have because there's no security. So no one's got their bag checked on the way in. Which
2: is what, uh, which is a big problem with this movie is that it doesn't do um, any heavy lifting in terms of world building. So yeah. you're left with, and it reminded me of another, another, another movie, Paycheck, the Ben Affleck movie that John Wu directed. Bad film. Yeah. But again, I remember watching that and going, "This is a sci-fi movie where I just I, I don't believe we're in a science uh, in in a world that you understand." It looks like. Yeah. An old airfield, which is funnily enough where they shot a lot of this.
1: <laughs> there is too much going on. So, the, the Symphony of Screams, I enjoy watching it second time around because you're like, look at Russell Crowe doing that thing. But first time around, you're like, what's the point of any of this? Like, why is Denzel Washington the only person that can come into the club and try and take him out? Like, where is everybody else? What's the point of it? Oh, yeah, well, I'm sure he... a good time. Do you do you take a firearm to a club? Uh, <laughs> no, exactly. They, they didn't think that he was going to be creating his
2: symphony of screams.
1: They just went for a little boogie to Tracy Lords. <laughs> yeah, but we don't know. I don't understand what Sid's mission is. I don't know what he wants. I don't know what he's trying to do. You know, I, none of it is there. Why
2: is there a robot bartender?
1: Why is there? A, yeah, other
2: than Sid can go. You're my ancestor. Yeah, and that's uh-huh.
1: it. That's yeah. it.
2: There's no other robots in this movie. No. It's just weird to sort of go... You, you kind of want someone to go, oh, we've got one. We need another one, like a
3: cabbie or something. <laughs> I mean, what is he trying to do? Is he just trying to get Cut uh, Parker's attention throughout
1: the film? I think he's finding out that he enjoys, although you think he would know this already, yes. making people suffer yeah. in the real world. He gets pleasure from it. Mm. But you would infer that anyway, because mm. I'm pretty sure... That the serial killers he is composed of yes, some got of the did. kicks out of making people suffer. Some of them did. So why did. it wouldn't be a revelation to him? Really no.
2: But you're right. It's it's a, it's an insane decision. And unless unless it's out there, and I didn't, I, I just haven't found the information. Which is unlikely. Um, but genuinely, why has he gone from a copycat killing to something that no serial killer has, has ever done? done? Yeah. Now, if there is a serial killer out there who created a symphony of screams, I stand corrected.
1: Sure. <laughs> so then, uh, Russell Crowe eats some glass, which I do think is silly. And he evolves into John Travolta, which I have stated already that I do love. Then he goes to a UFC match. The the,
3: the John Travolta scene—it reminds me of that scene in Spider-Man Three when Peter Parker goes bad. Oh my god, the emo Spider-Man scene! Oh yeah, it's like let's have a dance number with our villain what is this doing in this film? That was, really good.
2: that was the turning point for Sam Raimi's time on the Spider-Man <laughs> franchise.
3: It, it, there was no way back. No way back but the, after that. The UFC, that's one of the things this film actually got right hmm? because that's UFC that. did become massive. It was not a big thing back yeah. then. And yet I don't think at any UFC match ever, people went, kapow!
2: <laughs> <laughs> kapow! jump. <laughs> Kapow! What? When what is that? Were they trying to start a thing? Cause Kapow will never be a thing.
1: Well the other thing is he sort of he doesn't fly, he doesn't Sid kinda of flies later, which is like of course you can fly, but I wish I'd known again about the rules. Can you fly or can you not fly? Can he fly? So later on when we're in the TV studio building, mm. he jumps up really high, like mm. backwards, and right. it's sort of flying. Yeah. So this backflip is also kind he, of flying. He backflips
3: off a bridge as well at one point where yeah. he could just
2: step off. Sure. That famous uh Gymnast serial killer that he's made up of. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That one. That one. Yeah. The, the, he's the one just after the one who created a symphony of screams.
1: There must be one. Uh, we get to see some early face acting from Russell Crowe during his backflip, but we're not quite at the level of early confidential yet where it all really began. So then there's a chase. Then Sid takes a hostage. Parker accidentally shoots the hostage, but they're like, throw away the key. This woman is like, he did it in cold blood. It's like, (laughs) it really didn't. He was just trying to help. Um, And I do find it annoying that head doctor... Psychologist, psychiatrist. She's like, I, I, looked at the corpse, which we really shouldn't be allowed to do, and the wound. It, there was a, it was an exit through the chest. So there's no way. And everyone's like, shut up, lady. It's a bit
3: uncomfortable, and this was a thing at the time that violence has no consequences in this film. Like she, no one cares that this innocent woman's died. Everyone's just trying to figure out who was responsible for it. And I do think there's a, there is a nasty thing running through this film yeah. of, of taking pleasure in killing innocent people,
1: killing innocent women. Like, the it's, um the, yeah. the, the, you know, the the wife and child as well, they don't have any character. They're just there to get killed. The daughter's there to get kidnapped. Madison's there to be sad, a sad mum. Yeah, I agree with you.
2: Yeah, I think the worst part about that whole thing is that in the next scene when Parker's on the run and he calls up Madison and he still at this point thinks he killed that woman. And yeah. At no point in the phone call does <clears> Madison go... Actually, by the way, let that. me open with this. You didn't actually kill her. We've Everyone knows that now. That's what you'd start with. That's the knows? last time they were together was
3: when he was like, oh, shit, I think I've killed someone. No, he <laughs> knows he didn't kill her. He says, I didn't, I didn't, I, I missed. I completely missed. He "He knows himself. He okay. does say, I missed. Yeah, yeah, he, he said, he I, I missed. I didn't do it, I missed.
1: So there's this, in lots of other films, this is fun, where the villain and the good guy meet each other. We've already had a scene where they try and draw equivalents between them where Russell Crowe is saying to Denzel Washington, you and me, this not that this dialogue, we're the same, mm. <laughs> which is always fun. Mm. Uh, you know, it's a very thin line and all the rest and, of it. And we
3: had the opening scene where they came face to face and you don't realise at the time why Sid doesn't kill him, but it's because he wants him alive so he can taunt him and do what he did before.
1: Yes. So then we've got, he sets him free and, it's you know, it writes itself kind of thing. It's like he can he only responds if he's got, you know, if, if the chase is on kind of thing, if the game is a foot sort of business, uh, which is fine, but... For a serial killer amalgam, this is, so I'll come back to this, but he should just be, is he called Matthew Grimes, the person that, Mm. he should just be him. If you're all these millions of serial killers, you don't really give a shit about the one serial killer who's the person that killed you you're connecting with, Parker Barnes, you just wouldn't care. He's not enough of a, Ever fall, I don't think Mm. you'd want to crack on. I agree,
3: I agree that the the fact that it's 200 serial killers inside him just confuses the audience and confuses the plot. So, Matthew Grimes, as well, does look grimy,
1: he does actually, yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. all sweaty, yeah,
2: in his little basement,
1: hot, too many clothes on for a basement,
2: a leather coat, yeah,
1: and has he got face hair? Can't remember, anyway. Um, So then we've got a TV debate about immigration. Don't don't know what this is. Don't know why this is here. (laughs) Timely. It's timely. Apparently that is a fucking ratings puller, which I'm not sure it would be, but people are going mad for that. So Sid wants to hijack it so he can be mega famous, but Parker ruins his fun. Uh, Sid can fly now a bit. Fine. Then we get a fight on the rooftop. This is all very standard business. Sid falls through a ton of glass But before you can say, last one at the buffet is a loser, am I right? Parker rips the crystal from his skull and we've got nano death and so he should be dead. It's insane that he lands on glass and we are told, and
2: and Parker knows that he rebuilds himself using glass. And at no point does he think he's probably going to (laughs) rebuild
3: himself with all of the glass
1: that he is around right
3: now. I was kind of expecting him to become a glass monster here. Yeah. Yeah. He's in more glass than
2: he's ever been in for yeah. the entire film. <laughs> that's, that's we you. know
3: that he uses glass. That's your end of movie boss. Is is glass monster?
1: Yeah, I mean the thing is, when I first saw the film, and again, he lands on glass, and you go, "Uh oh, mm. this is the best possible outcome for him." Oh, he's died. Yeah.
3: <laughs> he died. The like, glass isn't good. <laughs> what one, have we just spent ninety minutes? <laughs> he's eating the stuff. <laughs> He's got the
2: most glass he's ever had. Yeah,
1: and it's useless to him because he rebuilds very slowly so it gives Parker enough time to get the crystal done. But then everyone's like, "Oh, the little girl or whatever." So then we got- yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, uh, the flight attendant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a satisf- it's ultimately satisfying this next sequence, but obviously initially it's very confusing. So Parker is uh, thrown off a building but then comes back to life. And then we realise that we're in VR. And so Lindemey is there and he's like, Sid doesn't realise. He thinks he's in the real world. And you're like, oh, that is so annoying. Mm. (laughs) Like, He's meant to be a genius and he's meant to be able to outsmart people and particularly you. So how has he been tricked so easily? It's a fun reveal, but it undermines the whole character. So it's a bit of a shame, I think. You just think he's an idiot then?
2: Yeah, you'd be able to sense it in some way, I imagine. If you're a computer program, you'd be able to go... You watch people uh, eat
1: noodles, and if they yeah, flick... they miss... Yeah, yeah, into their mouth. Oh, you're they,
3: they joking, did. mate. I'm
2: back from VR. She <laughs> can't get that sushi anywhere near her
3: mouth. <laughs> that video of him on the screen, though, they've nicked the Dennis Nedry, ah, 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 ah. Oh, I'm yeah.
1: <laughs> naughty. It's naughty. Uh,
3: that belongs to Dennis.
1: That's true. I love the bit where I think the gyroscope and the whatever the head things in this I, still, I do think they look pretty silly but where you realize you've been you've been watching VR and you see Denzel Washington and Kelly Lynch running like toys, like they they look ridiculous. So stupid. Yeah. See,
2: I, I I agree with that. I think that's stupider. But I think you're getting further away from the gyroscope. And as I said on yeah. Monday, a gyroscope looks cool because it's a big piece of tech. Yes. Them just air jogging, that's more like what real VR is. And so I think gyroscopes are the way forward.
1: Sure, apart from the vomiting.
2: I, I should say I'm opening a gyroscope business, <laughs> um, uh, just, just for clarity. Yeah. Um,
1: so anyway, so then Cochrane dies and then we're all out of VR. Um, and then we want to go and get Karen, but there's a booby trap. So who's good with booby traps? Parker. No, he's not though, is he? He's already set one off. So <laughs> maybe get your own daughter out <laughs> of there. And she, she doesn't have a metal arm
3: though. He needs well the his fucking metal, metal arm. arm. So yes, yeah, so
1: what is this the whole
3: reason for the metal arm? Because they establish the metal arm yep. and then they do nothing with it until yep. the end where he pulls a wire out of the metal arm. But he arm. could
1: just use a screwdriver. Was that what the metal
3: arm was there for?
1: I just can't believe he's got a metal arm <laughs> and you don't even use it till the last five minutes. And the way that you use it makes no sense. Yes. It doesn't. Okay, have, it doesn't I thought function.
3: I'd completely missed something. No, it's, it's it has, such a bizarre choice. It should
1: obviously allow him to get into our building at some point, or it should yeah. allow him to evade detection, or, in some or be way, able or to fight
3: Sid. Like the one thing is this mechanical arm gives yeah. him a chance against Sid, but yep. it's
1: and it's like they, they want to have this whole thing of the suspense of like he's going to put the screwdriver bit, the wire bit into one of three. Blobs, which is it? And you're like, I don't fucking know. So so I don't care.
2: It doesn't set anything up to pay off in this scene.
1: Yeah. So then uh, it works, but you don't care. So he gets to be a hero. He's absolved of his crime. I think think the film is saying he's absolved of his crime because he's absolved of his guilt. Because they tie... His crime to his guilt, I think. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I think so. So, because he... What
3: are you saying? Are you saying he shouldn't actually...
1: I mean, he killed a news crew in cold blood. Yeah, no, but they promised
3: him the pardon, didn't they? Isn't he just getting the pardon that he was promised?
2: But
1: I think as well, I think Denzel Washington is showing you a little girl's life was at stake and I didn't fuck it up. So, therefore, I am now good. I get my pardon, but I deserve my pardon. Yes,
2: I honestly thought he was going to... I I thought he was going to sacrifice himself here. It seemed like this character was written, like, with, like, this... Massive amount of tragedy in his life yeah. and he missed his wife and daughter so much that what he was going to do, he was going to take Kaylee Kooko's place on the pressure plate. Yeah. that's what I thought And then well. he was going to pass her up to Madison oh. this and is then what he, was, yeah. he was going to explode. I'm going it to join like, my family. It would be like, well, you know, he could never, ever really be absolved of gunning down people in cold blood. <laughs> yeah. And so therefore the only way is him
3: dying.
1: Yeah. And then not do it.
3: That's my change.
1: That's very, that's very good. And so he's then, he throws Sid off the roof. Then you get this shot, which to me is like the shot of the film. It's enough, It shouldn't be it. Is it like second day, it was Brett Leonard? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's good, but like it's unreal how good it is. And it's your classic, your hero is walking on a rooftop and there's a helicopter and stuff's whipping yeah. around and then there's some techno metal and it's amazing. You're like, fuck me, have I just seen a good film? Peter fucking Gabriel um, just ruins everything. So I wrote
2: that. I wrote that down. I, I honestly think they have made a commitment to Peter Gabriel <laughs> behind the scenes that they are going to use his song in the movie because most uh, end of credit sequences, you'll start with that song. Yeah. And here they're like Brett Leonard's like, I want my goddamn techno medal yes. in this movie. And so they've gone right. We'll have that. But we have Peter to. will see this. <laughs> So after 30 seconds of the cool song that really goes with this shot yeah. have Peter Gabriel singing
3: I guess I'm just your party man
2: It's so
1: upsetting because the shot you're just like yeah Oh no Or should they have
3: played Sledgehammer and Parker smashes the yeah. cube with a sledgehammer Yes, sure. yes or, is that, or is that on the nose
1: <laughs> uh, And that's all I have to say about Virtuosity Do you think there's a reason why Parker pauses just before he throws Sid's cube Yeah because he's going to swallow it <laughs> <laughs> Did you not think to oh,
2: become one? Like, it's weird. <laughs> I thought he was I, I guess it's like, you know, this is is this punishment enough for him? This is the he's holding the man who killed his family yes. in his hand and does he want to just like does he want to make him suffer more? Does he want him in the real world to really punish him? It is is like while Sid is in his dormant state in this cube is just chucking it off a building. And also there is no point in the film where someone goes Careful with those; they're delicate. For all Parker knows, yeah, those bounces. things might be indestructible, <laughs> and it's like, and it doesn't smash, yeah. and then it's like, well, soon... re-
1: also it can regenerate if it it's tarmac. So be super careful <laughs> yeah. with that. Because yeah. I agree with you. I I thought, but I'm reaching the because the family is quite underdeveloped in terms of the the realness of like a family. I thought he was like, oh, I've kind of met my match, and I'm sad to let that go to sort of draw on this. We are we're the same kind of thing. Maybe yeah. I don't know though. All right, that's it. All right, we then. tried to do the bits. Yeah, uh, Chris, what was your best scene?
3: Uh, I like the scene where they fall Sid at the end. I, I, but I wish it was done better. <laughs> no, I'm picking it. Like I feel like there's a way of making it s- s- so the audience is duped because as right now when I'm watching it, I know that that. Uh, oh really? Yeah, I was duped. It. Okay, <laughs> me
1: too. Twice. <laughs> I, was, I wrote down
3: what is going on. Yeah, twice. But maybe that's because I've seen it. Maybe I'm not remembering the first time I watched it. So okay, I'll take that back. But I think he should. I think Sid should have a proper like digital breakdown when he realizes. I really want to see yes, him suffer yep. and lose his shit. Mm. And let's be honest, Russell Crowe isn't underplaying it any point in this film. <laughs> I think we all deserve to see him lose his marbles.
1: I agree. What about you? The Symphony of Terror. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's, it's just it's.
2: It's sort of, it's weird because, well, I'll tell you why it's it's weird that that is the best bit for me because of my other two changes in this. But it seems like at that point, because Denzel is not on camera and he's sort of, he's away doing his own thing. And I do think for a lot of this movie, it feels like they, like Russell and Denzel just needed to sit the fuck down and go, So we're agreed on the kind of movie we're making here. (laughs) Because it feels like they did not And it feels like Russell Crowe. And in this scene, because Denzel's not around and you get a good chunk of time with Russell Crowe, it's sort of you embrace the stupidity of it. And you're like, oh, okay, fuck it. It's that movie. It's a man going, shut up, scream, shut up. Ah!" And you're like, fine, all right, it's that movie. And then it stops being that movie. But for the duration that you're with
3: him in that club, I think it's great. Uh, I saw a horror film at Fright Fest last year called Sound of Violence, which is absolutely brilliant. And it's about a, a very traumatised girl who actually is putting together a symphony of screams of people she's killing. It's a really powerful film.
1: Amazing. Wow. But it's also my best scene for the, all those exact same reasons. Amazing? Yeah, it is amazing. It's so, it's so pointless. It's
3: such a terrible scene. Yeah. I love it.
1: What's your most valuable whatever, Alex?
2: So again... Um, It sort of doesn't work with that scene because I do think Denzel is uh, the best thing about this movie, but I just think it doesn't work having him playing opposite Russell Crowe. So when we come to my change, I think you'll be able to guess what that is. But right now, I just think Denzel, you know, he plays these characters so well, these tortured cops tortured detectives, tortured bodyguards. You know, it's not a million miles away from one of his greatest ever performances, Man on Fire. And I, I, I like that. I mean, sure, he you know, you fridge his kid and wife begin to give him all of that. But
1: then it's Denzel. Oh, that happens all the time. It's, it's Denzel fine. and he knows what he's doing with He that. doesn't even need that, to be honest. So, uh, yeah,
3: he adds, he adds a bit of class to the proceedings. What about you? Uh, so um, I thought uh, Russell Crowe was the worst thing in this film when I watched it, when it came out. And I thought maybe he wasn't a very good actor as well. But um, he's the best thing in this film. I think he brings the whole thing to life. And I think what helps is context. Because now we've had yeah. 25 years of Russell Crowe being very serious and taking himself very seriously. It's brilliant watching him do this. Yeah. Whereas at the time, I just thought, oh, what a knobber. Um, so uh, I love it. I yeah. think Russell Crowe is my MVW.
1: It's this, it's my, mine is the same, but it's for both of your reasons. So Denzel is incredible, but he's in a different film and he's in a film that he's always that good in and he's yeah. always exactly that good like what you are watching it feels so satisfying like i know exactly what i'm getting and it's the best yeah. he is the best but you're watching russell Crowe just taking his shot and it is something else like he
3: knows what he's in and yeah. it's a it's a friggin
1: dumb a cartoon film, rather
3: than yeah. 7 but if it, this was <laughs> if he was doing this in 7 i'd have a problem with it but it's yeah. only because of his performance that it becomes a dumb cartoon no the plot's stupid uh it's 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 very colourful In a way, you've got a film this, shouldn't be. It's a callback, Alex. (laughs) It's how it works.
1: Yeah. So I think Denzel's a different... I think if you will go... Because you can see Denzel do this in lots of other films. If you ever watch this again, unless you're doing some sort of podcast, you're like, let's watch that weird Russell Crowe film. (laughs) Like, you are.
2: Okay, well, let's do my change. Go on. Now, uh, which is quite simply, uh,
3: Russell Crowe. Oh yeah, let's have Jared Leto instead. No,
2: do you know who I think? And I started watching it about halfway through and I was like, look, if you're going to say Russell Crowe isn't great in this movie, and I, I don't think he is, and I think part of it is the fact that he's not cool. Like, he's a villain who is fundamentally uncool. The staying alive walk, the silly faces, the backflips of the bridge. I like my supervillains to be cool, even if they're like larger than life. Even Wesley Snipes in... Frickin Demolition Man, which, as we said, isn't a million miles away from this, he's still cool. It's like he's funny, and he like he's enjoying it in a way that Russell Crowe just looks like a bit of a twat doing it. <laughs> like a like when he does the forward flip off the bridge. But why? So halfway through, I started imagining, to my mind, one of the coolest villains in cinema history, who I think. You know, there is a part of this movie where he is, Russell Crowe is just an agent of chaos. Mm -hmm. And that's he's just doing it to create chaos. And I think you imagine Heath Ledger playing the Joker, his version of the Joker in this movie. It sits much closer to Denzel Washington's tortured soul Mm -hmm. performance. And actually it would be a much better film. So I do think that you have to level the failings of this film at Russell Crowe's feet.
1: I'm sorry. Oh, it pains me. It really pains me. It's okay. We're allowed to disagree. But I, I think you're right. I think most things would be better if Heath Ledger asked the joke and mm, we're seeing yeah, them.
3: Mm.
1: Uh, what's your change?
3: Um, I think the film should start um, with lots of phones ringing and then I think we should flash forward because there's no reason why this shouldn't be a direct sequel to Lawnmower Man
0: yeah. and that
3: this is Job. Um, and let's be honest, uh, Lawnmower Man made $180 million. I don't know why they didn't. like, And he's just <laughs> downloaded these personalities while he's been underground in the internet. Uh, so, yeah, I want this to be a sequel and Job's Your Uncle, we've got a great movie.
2: I imagine uh, Jeff Fahey would have liked that as well. Yes. It's amazing when you look at Lawnmower Man and he's, he's built above Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. And the only other thing that I, off the top of my head, that I remember seeing Jeff Fahey in is uh,
3: The Serpent's Lair with Lisa B, mm. a softcore pornographic horror movie.
1: Oh, nice. Mm. He's he, very
3: good, isn't he? Is he's in um, Lost. He's good in Lost. Right. That, was, that was a big but, thing for him. What,
1: who is he in Lost? Because I, I did watch all of Lost. Tell me later. Yes. Uh, all right. So my change is... We... He's going on the internet. He's going
0: to No, me. I'm not. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Thank I'm... you, Chris.
1: So uh, I think we need to simplify the storylines. So Matthew Grimes... But Matthew Grimes is a political terrorist. What politics, right? So then Sid looks like Russell Crowe and not Matthew Grimes. That's a mistake. They should be the same person. Ooh. Um, then we've got the... Denzel Washington kills his family by accident. That's too much story as well. I think Sid should be an android already rather than VR that jumps to be in an android, just an android gone bad. <laughs> Uh, no copycatting once you throw the Manson family in and then it doesn't pay off because he doesn't do it again why is it even in there so Matthew Grimes becomes real and goes after Denzel Washington because he killed him it's just a revenge it's just a cat and mouse thing that's all it is and you can still use VR and do all the sure. whatever I mean. but um, and also do not cut to Peter Gabriel on the rooftop scene please
2: yeah do you, I wonder, I just, I just it struck me now because you were like, why, uh, why is the climax <clears> set around this political debate? And I think it's the more left-wing liberal uh, person who gets shot by yes, does, Sid. Yes. So I wonder if he was a right-leaning political terrorist. Yeah. And so that's why, I mean, obviously he wants to be on TV, but maybe that's why they bring that debate back in yeah. because he yeah. kills the, uh, the the left-wing well, uh, well, uh, speaker. Well, H- yeah. Hitler
3: wasn't particularly liberal.
2: Yeah, I'm just talking about the Matthew Grimes thing, though. Right.
1: Yeah, I just when you when you say it, maybe it's it's, is it more of a freighted term now. I don't know, but when you say he's a political terrorist, your brain goes, which way though? Like, so there's so much information. Matthew Grimes isn't just a serial killer. He's a political terrorist as well. It's like that's so much information going yeah, on. Yeah, I got the sh-
3: sense that I got the sense though that they called him a political terrorist, but as we got to know him, he wasn't actually. He was just doing it for the fame. Like I think that's what they were portraying him as. He's also an idiot because William Forsythe's character Billy
2: basically uh, says uh, when he's explaining it, I think to Madison, he goes, "Yeah, Matthew Grimes killed uh, Denzel's uh, Parker's wife and son." Because he thought that would distract him from the manhunt. Yeah. yeah. What in what world
3: does murdering a man's family make him go, I'll probably leave it now then. Yeah. Do you know what I think's just happened here? I I think we've thought about Matthew Grimes' motivations more than anyone involved in this movie. <laughs> and more than Matthew Grimes himself did.
1: Uh, that's it. We're done.
2: All right then. So, you ready? It's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You to... want
1: answers! I want the
2: truth! Uh, right then, my choice is this week, which means I shall be picking who goes first. I think I'm going to start with you,
3: Chris. I did notice a difference today. Lawnmower Mower Man is about finding the virtual reality world more interesting. Virtuosity is suggesting the real world the place to be. Yeah. So they're quite different, actually. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think they're both bad films. Oh. <gasps> But I think the one in the real world is the more entertaining film. I found The Law Merman a slog this time. Um, Try the two hour, it, 24 minute version. <laughs> I found it a slog in the way I didn't when I watched in the cinema in 1992. I don't know if it's a different film now, but it felt like a different film. Whereas Virtuosity, I think it's really trashy, but I think it's good fun. I enjoyed it when we went to the cinema, Vicky, a lot more than when I was a kid. And I enjoyed it even more watching it just after Law Merman. Um, so Virtuosity all the way for me. Okay.
2: Uh, I'll probably jump in here because uh, I think it's a pretty close week. Um, But one of these films did genuinely get under my skin more than the other. And while the effects look dated, it still creates some really horrifying images that work as like a visual horror. Like Job stalking the small town at the end, uh, a la Carrie, I think is really effective. Him mowing the guy's brain. I said it on Monday. I find that really disturbing. Killing Marnie by becoming a length. and A <laughs> love length. As I said, right at the start of the very first episode, I was like, I don't know if you were here for it, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> Closing off the week, how we began. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I did say, like, I was interested to watch it because a lot of Lawman I thought it was great as a kid, I really enjoyed it, and I wondered where the, like, the images that got under my skin as a child still did, and they 100% still did. I, I would suggest watching the two-hour, 24-minute version. It's quite good, and a lot of the scenes that Brett Leonard had to take out or the studio took out... They make it a much more satisfying experience, uh, whereas I'm sorry, but virtuosity is just stupid. Yeah. It's a stupid, stupid run of the mill movie, like with you know, with a with a terrible villain in Russell Crowe's Sid. So uh, hands down for me, actually, I started off by saying it's pretty close. It wasn't. I was lying. It is the Lawnmower Man
1: oh my god come down to you Victoria <laughs> I found this weirdly weirdly hard as well okay yeah because if you like central performances for me are actually Pierce Brosnan and Russell Crowe and as I've stated I think they are both very engaging I think they're both very funny possibly one is unintentionally funny I think Russell Crowe is trying to make me laugh I'm not sure what Pierce Brosnan is doing but I just want <laughs> more of it like I love that man <laughs> mm. I can tell I know it's weird isn't you're it you're
2: smitten
1: I'm really I'm, yeah I'm in trouble mm. <laughs> So anyway Anyway, so what it's come down to is i so i think it's quite evenly matched in that sense so what i think it's one of these films is struggling with some very odd script choices and one of them is delivering on its intended vision even if you don't enjoy that intended vision one of them is what it wanted to be and set out to be i think with virtuosity which i do i actually love virtuosity and i think it's stilly fun Mm. but it's got, the, you know, there's a bomb in your brain, but it's really easily diffused. All this really complicated story stuff, and yet the characters are actually quite paired back. So complicated storylines, but paired back characterization. for instance, between Madison and Parker. No, they're, what, they're colleagues. They barely, I mean, that's boring. Lindenmeyer, no reason. Why are you the way you are? No idea. Yep. It just suits this. But you're stuffing loads of story at it. Whereas Lawnmower Man is what it wanted to be. So... It's, uh, yeah, even though it's a bananas film, I think Virtuosity... Do is it a for piss. Oh, yeah, that's true. I think Virtuosity is a few more films kind of fighting for attention. So, it's, it's script-wise, that's what it comes down to. So, it is actually, unbelievably, The Lawnmower Man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Can't even say it with a straight face. I know! Kapow. <laughs> Kapow. <laughs> Wrong film.
2: Uh, fantastic. We have a winner, and the winner this week is The Lawnmower Man by Stephen King. <laughs> 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 uh, we might need to bleep that. Uh, so, yeah, that is our winner. Congratulations to The Lawnmower Man and everyone involved in that movie. It will go on to make a billion phones ring. We are unplugging Virtuosity. So, next week then, another clash coming up. As always, it's Chris's week. He gave us a clue on Monday's episode, which
3: was? Uh, it was about the films being spirited. hmm mm-hmm. And that is because we are doing mm-hmm. a couple of films with spirited characters. <laughs> or characters that are spirits. Exactly. Uh, we are doing Beetlejuice and The Frighteners. Yay. <laughs> uh, so uh, The Frighteners is available to rent, Apple TV, Google, Amazon, the usuals. And Beetlejuice is streaming on Amazon Prime as we speak in the UK. So that is your homework for next week.
2: Beetlejuice versus The Frighteners. Uh, I'm Looking forward to that week. Mm. Thank you, Chris. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we, we didn't get a chance to ask, how was the Shard, Victoria?
1: Oh, it was fun. It was really fun. They brought me a tea that then they kind of like, was it liquid smoke? They just they were like, have some strawberry tea, and then they sort of like set fire to the tea, but not really set fire to it. And it was honest. This is such a British thing to say. It was so lovely until they tried to charge me twice for the service, and I, I'm so embarrassed to do it, but it's quite a lot of money. So I was like, mm. oh, this is awful. And It's kind of like like harsh in the buzz a bit, but you need to take that service off. What they added service twice. Yeah.
2: How could they do that? The
1: service was already paid for as part of the gift and then they stuck it on anyway. So I was like, and that is quite a lot.
2: That's cheeky. So
1: I had to, and then they sent the manager over. Mark hid in the fucking toilet (laughs) while I spoke to the manager because he's like, I can't bear it. I was like, well, then fucking pay it then. Like the choices are I talk to a lady for a bit and have to use my grown up voice or we pay it. So what do you want to do? And he's like, I'll meet you in the lift. (laughs) (laughs) I was really nice to her, but she fucking hated me. (laughs) And that's your lot then this week. (laughs) So if anyone from the Shard is listening, it's lovely.
3: (laughs) And we are available, the three of us, to have a social there.
2: In the meantime, feel free to check on with us on our Twitter account and our Instagram account where we reside, at ClashPod. If you haven't subscribed for whatever reason, please do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Enjoy your weekend and do your homework. Speak to you on Monday. Bye-bye.
0: This was a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creative Network.